1: Welcome everybody to Wednesday Wargames, episode 21. Joining me is my loyal and steadfast co-host, Liam, Liam, Liam Jones. I never, actually, I never introduced myself. Do I wonder if people listening to this podcast and it's like, who the hell's this guy? Because I always pitch to you, so people know your name. But if they don't read the description, they have no idea who I am. Would you like me to pitch to you? Yeah, yeah, please, introduce me.
2: And we also got the other guy.
1: Hi, how are you doing? I'm the other guy. The person who uh, talks on this podcast more than the other guy.
2: All right, just starting off with digs, cool.
1: It's it's not even a dig, as like when I dropped it, it's like really I and uh, in theory because I, I I guide the ship. I probably should talk a little more because I do like the recapping and and setting up of things. So like di- doing the the heavy lifting of the podcast is so someone to. Okay.
2: Hmm. All right. Very cool. Um, <laughs> I'll just leave, and you can just handle it. How's Australia today, Liam? Yeah, it's average. How is Ireland today? Yeah, you know, what? I never I never ask how your country is. You always ask how mine is. We have our fourth storm in like,
1: or is it fifth storm in like a week? I don't know. There's, the, uh, it's basically rain for, I don't know, two months and we've had like three different storms. It's good fun. I like rain. Rain's neat. I do like the sound of rain. It's, it's enjoyable when it just bounces off windows for, it, it gives me an excuse not to leave the house, which I really don't need, but I still take.
2: Like, somebody should just film Rain for, like, 30 minutes and release it as a podcast.
1: Excuse me, five minutes. It's called Five Minutes of Silence. It's a masterpiece.
2: Is that... That's your, um, magnum
1: opus? Yes, that is. When I die, they'll be like... And known for the the groundbreaking podcast, Five Minutes of Silence. Not Wednesday War Games, not Podcast the Week, not The Weekend Show, not uh, th- anything I've done related to Impact. Yes, it's five minutes of silence that will get me. The Storm is called Jorge. This is Storm Jorge. After Jorge Masvidal? Uh, sure. Makes sense. We've been running through them, because there was Ellen, there was, um, I don't even, Dennis? There was Storm Dennis, then there was Storm Kira... I don't even know, how do we get the J? I don't even know, because Eh, 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 E-F-G-H-I.
2: So there's like four other names that we've gone through before we got into Jorge, so. Who gets to name the storms? Do they have any sort of copyright over the storms after they name the storms? These are the real questions. I'm looking at uh,
1: Metair in Ireland's uh, weather service, and their, their header picture on Twitter. This is uh, even more confusing. I assume that Storm Jorge didn't originate in Ireland, which is the reason the names are different. But they have a, a little calendar up the top with all the Storm names, and they have like them ticked off as they're going. That's so, adorable. So there's Lorenzo, there's... Uh, Aliyah um, I think is A then we have Elsa for some reason we went to E then Brendan, Kira, Dennis would you like to know the rest of them all the way through to W just when the storms come these are what they're going to be called Liam sure I might as well be prepared uh, next one is Ellen then Francis then Gerda Gerda yeah. Hugh, yep. Iris, Jan sorry it's, no it's pronounced Jan they actually they make that clear they put Jan underneath it so the J is a, a hard J soft J so, Oh, Liam, we have Kitty and N L. The L storm is going to be called Liam this time, Liam. I'm going to come through Ireland strong and hard. You are a blowhard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so close. We have a Mora. It's so close to Mauro. <laughs> oh, that would have been awful. The <laughs> no, worst uh, one by far. <laughs> Olivia, Piet Roshin, Samir, Tara, Vince and Willow. So those are the storm names for 2019-2020 according to Matt Aaron. I look forward to Willow. That's Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy will just swoop on in making these umbrella laughing noises. I love that that's their header image. It's like look
2: forward to all these storms. What was Willow's like highlight in TNA?
1: He jumped off the cage at Lockdown once. That's about it.
2: That's pretty neat.
1: Actually no, the highlight is probably the final deletion when Jeff Hardy was dumped into the the lake and came back out of his willow and then he was tased to death by uh, a senior (laughs) benjamin
2: final deletion ruled imagine getting mad over that yeah people are dumb it's just people are dumb speaking of people are dumb we have two wrestling
1: shows to talk about this week. Uh, AEW won last week, so we will talk about them first this week, as usual, frankly. And it's not gonna change anytime soon. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, of the wrestling you like your
2: favorite thing in the world is just giving away the results immediately.
1: I'm not gonna deceive my audience. NXT sucked, but we'll talk about that in the back half of the show. <laughs> Alright, we'll get All of we'll get wrestling. there. Opened with a thirty-minute Iron Man match between Pac and Kenny Omega, in which Pac won in overtime or sudden death. I suppose technically not. Over- Omega won, not Pac. The same thing. They're the same person. But Kenny Omega defeated Pac with the One Winged Angel, two to one, in in sudden death in a tremendous wrestling match. And Kenny Omega, sneaky wrestler of the year.
2: Yeah, like. The amount of like credit that people were giving the tag match last year, I'm gonna give to this match last year, <laughs> last week. I'm gonna give to this match this week. I thought this match was way better. This match is a low end match of the year candidate. Uh, it took every single Iron Man trope that is out there, and then they made it good. And they filled it in with like constant action, constant excitement. Kenny had great gear, so that always helps a match. And one of my favorite moments was before the match even started, when they announced that they were opening with the 30 minute Iron Man match. Two people in the crowd hugged. And that's nice. the kind of energy I expect from my pro wrestling shows.
1: What if I give you a hug during this podcast?
2: I will be very impressed. D- didn't you give this match four seven five? Yeah, and you call that a low end match of the no, year candidate? I was going by Joe Lanz's standards, but a low end match <laughs> of the year candidate is four and a half. Yeah, it was a mid range match of the year candidate.
1: This is a really tremendous opener. I preferred the tag title match last week, to be honest. But
2: well, you're a fool. How
1: about that? I thought everything up until the DQ was just absolutely superb, and the then DQ the story. Route.
2: What are you talking no, I, no,
1: about? I, I, my problem isn't with the DQ. It's after. It's the rest of the match after the DQ. I didn't think lived up to that first lead up to the. That DQ. was the whole I thought point the... of that, though. Yeah, but <laughs> the the point of was, Pac
2: had to cheat because he was getting outworked, and then he had to slow Kenny down, and he did that by getting the DQ. Then he took yeah, over but... control, and it was more methodical and slow paced. That was the story of the match. <laughs> There's, yeah, well, that's not a good story if it's boring. It was a good story <laughs> it, was, it was wasn't boring. boring. You was just the have no attention span. No, it just wasn't as good. It was.
1: Dude, being word lying on the mat for 12 minutes isn't entertaining, Liam. Come on. I beg to differ. I put over that Nakajima-Hideki-Suzuki match last week. Well, there you go. I thought the storytelling of the back half of the match was very good, but the action did not nearly live up to the first half of the match.
2: That's why they gave you the first half of the match.
1: Well, that's bad pacing then. <laughs> you shouldn't have the, the start and the middle be the best and then just close to the end. I'm saying, this is a great match. <laughs> you hate, why did you hate it, Karen? I, I love the DQ finish a lot because, like, Pac didn't, like, it's not the typical, like, oh, the heel just goes for the DQ. It's like Pac was on his heels, like, he knew he was about to lose a fall. So he's like, I'm going to take the DQ loss to, to turn the tide of this match. Instead of, you know, being, it's not a cheap DQ, it's not a DQ that doesn't make sense, it's not a DQ where he just hit him with a chair for no damn reason. It's like Pac was going to be beaten, and he used the chair to turn the tide, he lost the fall, but he gained that fall right back and dominated the rest of the match until he lost in sudden death. So I like the storytelling a lot. The Young Bucks at Ringside instead of Hangman Page was really, really good, because like, there's the subtle nuance there of... Every time they encourage him to get back in the ring, they're throwing him back to the Wolves. So he gets murdered ahead of their World Tag Team title match on Saturday. So there's that little nuance of, like, yes, they're there to encourage him and help him. But every time they put him back in the ring with Pac, he's being worn down
2: more for their tag title match. It's like, is that a conscious choice on behalf of the Young Bucks? Yeah, there was a few, like, points of this match that I really liked on that kind of broader sense um, level. Uh, one the first bit that made note of me was like Park was on his heels and was about to lose like roughly you know what would you say fourteen fifteen minutes into the match? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it was close to the sixteen, but yeah, j- just on the, the toward the second half of the match.
2: Roughly the same amount of time that it took Kenny to beat him on TV. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice, like, interesting. I don't know if that was a purposeful throw, throwback, but I'm going to choose to take it as one. I really liked that they gave Park two outs in the match too for losing. Um, after Pac hits the shooting star press on the table, takes Kenny down, he gets in. Matt literally has to throw Kenny in at the end, give him that little boost. So that gives, like, Pac should have been up 2 1 at that point. Or, was hmm. that Yeah, that was 2 1. Yeah. And um, I also liked at the end when they went into overtime, Pac wasn't ready while Kenny was. And Kenny managed to bum rush him before Pac had been, like, ready and was ready to go. So I liked that they gave him some outs and he didn't just straight up lose. I feel like you kind of have to do Kenny and Park again after this. <laughs> Yeah, but you can, now you can do it in a bigger sense. I feel you don't have to do it run, right away.
1: That's true, and I feel like that first fall was much better than that last TV match.
2: Oh, the t- yes, the t- like, I was disappointed by the TV match. Like, this was, this is the match that I always wanted from Omega and Park.
1: They certainly delivered. This is this is like good wrestling, good storytelling. Like I say, I uh, the, the back half of the match didn't do the same for me that the front half of the match It's still, a really damn good wrestling match with really interesting storytelling just mixed in. And stupid that shooting star at the table just oh no,
2: oh. Uh, it was it, it could have gone really badly because I feel like as soon as I saw Park like standing on the on the turnbuckle and like taking a while to get his balance, it's like this isn't going to go smoothly. <laughs> No, no. He did. is that him like selling it or does he
1: really take that long to his balance every damn time
2: I don't know because like when he goes up for the drop kick he does it quicker mm. so maybe it's just him selling it or maybe it's him selling that at that point he was like what 18-20 minutes into the match whatever it was yeah really good match It's good pro wrestling if you're like oh it's an Iron Man match
1: between Pac and Kenny Omega I hope that's what it seems like in my head it's what it seems like
2: in your head Hmm. And I found it interesting. Like right after they announced, like the two action figures with Kenny, they're like, "Yo, Kenny gets some new gear." <laughs> Naturally, that's that's the way of wrestling. We got to make some more figures. Tony interviewed to Pack after the match. Pack was
1: ch- challenged. I get Orange Cassidy wandered out, which I suppose <laughs> Pack just knocked him out. <laughs> Pack was offended by Orange Cassidy's aura. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Like this sets up Orange Cassidy versus Pack at the pay per view, and that's kind of a match they've
2: almost kind of been building to? I was going to say, because I feel like I've mentioned me wanting Pac versus Orange Cassidy like three or four times on the show <laughs> it's like, since we've started. Uh, it's it's weird that I think it, it, it's kind of tacked on at the very end of this
1: this pay-per-view cycle to, to throw it on the pay-per-view, which I'm very excited for that match. That match should be stupid and fun, and Pack will kill him and Orange Cassidy will get gigantic reactions. But mm. that's like, the, there's multiple matches in which Pac and Orange Cassidy have had face-offs, and every time Pack just punches him in the face and kills him and yeah, they've actually kind of built this pay-per-view match under the radar. So there's there's more than just they added it the day the week of the show.
2: It kind of feels like how will we talk about AEW having the two stories per person. Like this was this was the other pack story that we never really went full circle on. Yeah. So they
1: will face off a, a revolution on Saturday, and uh, Orange Cassidy is going to try, as
2: Good Chuck Taylor said later in the show. That's. That's such a good line because it completely validates the whole Orange Cassidy character. <laughs> yeah, that's the It's best. so the perfect. Shows. It's like, it's, oh yeah, he's just the dude who doesn't try. <laughs> and if he did, he will probably be very good. <laughs> and one day when he does, he'll be the biggest star.
1: Lexi was outside the, the locker room of the Painmaker Posse.
2: <laughs> As we are all card-carrying members of the Painmaker Posse.
1: Yes, the inner circle. Uh, well, I like the way like they have the inner circle name, but this is his fight crew. This is well, his, his,
2: It's him taking the piss out of the Nightmare family. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, she knocked on the door. Jake Hager opened the door, looked there, standing at her, saying nothing, and she eventually gave up her attempt
2: at an interview. <laughs> I like the, the shtick that he doesn't talk. <laughs> he just stands there, looking dopey. He's, he's a weird man. I'm really excited for his match with Dustin because I just want to see what he can do or what he wants to do now that he's inspired. And that feels like like every, every match on this damn pay-per-view feels like a hot match. But that feels like a hot match. Like it feels like a hot match despite having like the least amount of build in like the last month. Like when Dustin comes out later in the show to to brawl with Hager. Like he get they get a big reaction. People are into that feud. And like when I was watching that um brawl later on. When Darby ran out, I had the, like, the thought of like, wow, this is a hot match and it's not just because of Darby. Like when Sammy cut him off, I was like, yes, because <laughs> I feel like Darby had been getting the best of Sammy throughout like the whole build. So I'm glad that Sammy got a little bit at the end. Well, except when, you know, Sammy slammed his throat on a skateboard. That, that, was a team, that was a team effort.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the team were all there too. Speaking of the team, we got um,
2: a new inner circle theme. Is it new or was it the one that was a few weeks ago? Ah, it's the one that's a few weeks ago, but we don't hear it, so I always forget about it. I wish they would just use Judas. Mute, maybe that would mute the Judas pop, though, if they hear it, like, three times in the night. And when Jer- when
1: it's uh, Judas without Jericho, I get when Jericho's not there, you know? Yeah. If 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 the inner circle comes out to anything but Judas with Chris Jericho there, too, I'll be very upset. But I get them having, like, an alternate theme for Sammy Guevara and LAX, because uh,
2: the people will expect Jericho when they hear Judas, and if they don't see him, they may be upset. I'd say that might be a problem, but they are bad guys, so maybe they'll go, oh, that's Jer- oh, it's not Jericho Boo. Yeah, more upset with Sammy Guevara.
1: The Inner Circle defeated the... Oh, no, the other way around, Jurassic Express defeated the Inner Circle, even after Darby in- interfered and prevented Sammy from hitting him with the, the the
2: slapjack. I don't really have anything to say about the match, though. The match was kind of meh, but maybe it was just because they came off the 30-minute Iron Man match. I liked this match a lot. I thought this match was a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, I just I kind of like zoned out while watching it a bit his
1: brain was still in kenny omega land yeah as it always is to be fair yeah i thought this was a really fun six-man tag just with wacky moves them going a million miles an hour for 10 minutes yeah I, I, there there is nothing more i wanted from this six-man tag team match and once again jungle boy scores a win over sammy which like like that's the 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 future core of aw like darby sammy and jungle boy are like they're the ones and you, look and, at and you can and chuck hangman it, in there too uh, Hangman's Hangman's already far along. Like these, yeah, these but guys I'm just saying, like
2: as as far as the same like class, mm. like age bracket, like they're your four. I feel
1: these are the people that you want to look at in three years and say AEW has done such a fantastic job elevating these people into main eventers, and hopefully they get there because obviously they're not even remotely near main eventers now except Hangman.
2: Yeah, but like h- one day I want to be talking about Hangman versus Derby for the title and like All Out or something. Be like, oh yeah, that's a match that was as hot as. Th- Cody and Jericho or Jericho yeah. and Box or yeah that's, that's where you want to get these guys to go and hopefully they'll get there so, um, you, could, you could also include MJF in that class who was in the next segment Sure. MJF.
1: Uh Cody had a video package, which I thought was the, the, the one of the bigger mistakes on the show. I, I think one of these people needed a go home promo, probably MJF over Cody, because Cozy had the big like moonsault off the cage moment last week. Uh they, they did a video package for the feud, which is was a good video package, but I, I think giving this three minutes to MJF to cut, like, a big go-home promo, even if it's just backstage, you know, even if it's just a, it's just a pre-tape, cutting a big go-home promo on Cody, I think would have been a more effective use of this three minutes.
2: I, I agree, but um, we also got the countdown show right after this, so... I could see but that I'm th- thinking, like, that kind of takes that space. But more people will watch this, that's the thing, though. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna wa- I haven't even watched the countdown thing yet, so I don't even know if there was a segment. I'm just assuming, because it's, like, the second biggest feud... There was, but I haven't watched it either. We will watch it eventually. And that's all that matters. The Best Friends defeated the Butcher and the Blade
1: in a perfect... I don't remember anything about this match, to be honest. I don't know, I remember the Orange Cassidy and Bunny Spots. That's that's all I remember from this match.
2: Yep, I remember that as well. Yep, I remember the Butcher was cool in it. How so? As I often think he is. Because he's just a big dude, and he beats people up, and that's really neat. You like cool mustaches, don't you? I do like cool mustaches. I like his whole look. I think I'm just like, I, I'm just, I want him to be world champ, I feel. But not for like wrestling ability or overness. I just like him. You just like looking at him? You want him yeah, to, to see him holding the belt? I think he's very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> That's one reason but, to be world Do champion. I have a type? <laughs> Is this the thing?
1: <laughs> Liam's discovering his love of bears.
2: Oh no. How do you feel about Bush and Blade losing <laughs> to best friends?
1: Uh, best friends are higher in the pecking order I'm fine
2: I don't know I just I, I assumed like with the way the Butcher and the Blade came in that they were going to be a I don't know bigger deal more protected maybe
1: but they, uh, they, then at the same time they have not at any stage been protected since they brought in so I, I don't really expect them to beat best friends and maybe. if you're to like if you're to prior you ask me which of these two teams should be prioritized especially because one has a paper match and the other doesn't the answer is best friends
2: you bring a valid point I can't argue with any of that
1: I guess technically they don't... Orange has a baby match the other day. They'll
2: probably be out there with him, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, after the match, Tony interviewed... We had the setup, the official setup for Pack against Orange Cassidy, where Chuck said he will, in fact, try.
2: And then Trent said, we don't actually know if that's true
1: or not. We'll find out. He gave him a thumbs up. Then uh, the, the most wholesome part of the show was during the break on fight. The, the poor TNT viewers didn't get this. But where they 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 did the best friends hug with Tony Giovanni. Then Orange put the glasses on Tony Giovanni and he turned and gave the thumbs up and it was all very wholesome and delightful.
2: Have you seen the Trent tweet? No, I haven't. Trent tweeted with the picture of Tony Giovanni wearing orange Cassidy uh, shades, Go clean some teeth, dickhead, at Real Brit Baker.
1: Oh, got her.
2: Yeah, that's some good shit. Trent's good at tweeting sometimes. What do you mean? Sometimes when he when isn't he good yeah. at tweeting? He had some weird political stuff a couple of years back.
1: Liam, we're a big time podcast now.
2: Uh, we're going big time. This is a big time rush.
1: Yes, sure. <laughs> we 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 have two, not one, Liam, but two ads on the show. Wednesday War Games is brought to you this week by Zip Recruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. ZipRecruiter sends your job to 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listing, so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective, that 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com VOW. That's ZipRecruiter.com VOW. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Do, do, do wrestling ever, like, advertise on job
2: sites? They probably should. What would they ever... I mean, I'm sure they do for behind-the-scenes stuff for office jobs like not not even office stuff but like production social media management if you're a wrestling company listening to this ZipRecruiter right
1: there for you yeah you can try for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW <laughs> Jim Ross being explained what a magical girl was is probably the highlight of
2: his wrestling career it's it, no that wasn't even the best bit the best bit was Taz knowing <laughs> <laughs> Taz watches anime Taz is a big old weeb Taz loves his anime. I'm sure he does. He's basically an
1: anime character himself. He could be. There's a guy who always, like, dresses in the same outfit and has
2: color schemes. Yeah. He even put over orange on this show. He passed on the color orange to Orange Cassidy. By the way, his shirt isn't orange. <laughs> it's white and black.
1: Yes, so it just feels like a missed opportunity.
2: One day. That'll be, like, the special
1: edition. But uh, Hikaru, Shida defeated Swole, Shanna, and Yuka Sakazaki in a a match. It was fine. I
2: thought it was pretty good. They had some, like, weird moments to it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Swall just waiting out there for 30 seconds before Shauna did a dive.
0: Like,
2: yeah. that wasn't her fault. That was more the cameras. Like, they should have taken it off of her.
1: Yeah, that's that's bad editing. It's like, it's yeah. when someone does a move out of nowhere and, like, they film them the whole time. It's like, no, stay on the person that's taking the move out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. I didn't expect Sheeta did to win this. Uh, well, she does. I think, been the most pushed of the people in this match yeah but Big Swole got the confrontation last
1: week do you think uh, Chris Statlander obviously has the flu she pulled out of a, a bar wrestling show this week do you think she was meant to have some kind of number one contenders match this week and they kind of just announced her as number one contender to get her through to Saturday without her having to wrestle here
2: uh, maybe uh, I suppose that's like one of the the benefits of having the ranking system like if something like that happens you can just be like well she was number one it's fine I suppose but- I would have liked to have seen a Big Swole-Chris Statlander match, though.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird that they seem to set up Swole and Statlander as the number one and two contenders, and then just like, ah, Statlander's getting the title shot.
2: Maybe that'll be a point of contention for Big Swole in the future.
1: She is getting over. She well, She's always been over, because they did that tremendous feature on her on
2: Dark, which is really, really, really good. I was actually I was watching this show and I, it was one of the, it was the first time I was like man in the time from where this started to now they've really managed to get most of their mid card over yeah like to the point where like music hits there's a reaction because at the start like understandably so that wasn't the case
1: and the, 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 particularly noticed that this week with Jurassic Express it's like
2: but they've always they've always got a good reaction though
1: because people loved the Luchasaurus stuff like when their music hits it's just like go. Oh. Well, it's not just like responding to Luchasaurus doing flips. It's like, oh, like this this trio is like just super
2: over. And whenever Dustin's music hits a minute into the song, they realize it too. Dustin, yeah, Dustin.
1: I think Sheeda's music has the same problem. It has a very long intro before it actually gets to her theme and well, entrance. But the key would be they need to have a, an edit for when they
2: do run-ins. <laughs> mm. But yeah, Dustin's in particular. That's like. Oh, Dustin Rhodes! Yeah, I like him! The problem is it starts so quiet, so you can't even tell that music's playing. You just hear something Mm. in the background, you're like, what's that? Then it's like, oh, it's Dustin. Then he gets a great reaction.
1: The Dark Order announced that they're facing Scorpio Sky and Kazarian at Revolution, and then Daniels will become...
2: obsolete.
1: He'll fade away and classify himself as obsolete. Obsolete. So, if if it's not Matt
2: Hardy at this point, (laughs) come on. Well... It's gonna be Marty. It's, 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 that's the big deal. That would be that would be such a massive swerve if they somehow got Marty to come and do it after all this. But yeah, it's a lot of teasing that it'll be Matt Hardy. Well, we know one person knew it's not going to be now. Who? Lance Archer. That's the that's
1: the ultimate swerve. I'm telling you, Liam. That's why <laughs> the they swerve is him. they
2: announce him for TV.
1: <laughs> yeah, the swerve is that they they make you think it's not going to be him by announcing him for TV, and then it turns out to be
2: him. Well. I hope it isn't him, because I much prefer him as, like, a lone ranger. But then, you know what the thing is? I what? think it's very weird bringing Lance Archer in if you're going to bring Brody Lee in, because I feel like they would occupy the same kind of space. You can have two tall people, Liam, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, like, two tall, unaffiliated monsters is kind of what I wanted for now. Like, he's kind of taking that space, I feel. Just make one a baby face and one a heel, and you're fine. Alright, fine. Staunch Defender of the Murderhawk over here.
1: Yeah, I've always been a big Lance Hoyt guy. But all the way back to Hoytomania and his tag team with Kid Cash.
2: Big Fairy does have a really cool jacket now. He does. And he has a, mo- a Red Hulk Mohawk, which is pretty objectively cool. I hope he gets his dumb butt rock theme with him still. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> dies. That shit
1: rules. Jim Ross interviewed the Young Bucks Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And God, I love this story. The this story's so good. So
2: good. And we finally get the buck showing some like dickish tendencies. The layers
1: of just like passive aggressiveness and and false kindness and niceties that are really just people hiding their true feelings.
2: And if and it finally starts to crumble, it finally starts to break.
1: Yeah, the veneer just drops, and Matt and Nick is just like, "You were a jobber in Ring of Honor.
2: We made your career.
1: It's we like, brought you yes! into the Bullet
2: Club. We put you on our show." And my, actually, an underrated <laughs> line from this that i'm not seeing a lot of talk about is um page talking about how this title is like the pilot of his career and the bucks are trying to immediately take it away from him yeah it's like that, that that was like a moment of like actually cutting deep i was like
1: damn that's real and i really like like kenny is the the only one here that does, it is like objective peacemaker wants to be friends with everybody and the Bucks clearly hate Hangman Page and Hangman Page clearly hates the Bucks and they're all just like putting up the, this front for Kenny that oh we're all the elite we're all friends and when it peels away and then when the hatred shows and when the, the actual dynamics of the story play out it's such good storytelling
2: like wrestling can be like this all the time. I, one subtle thing I liked when Paige was, like, actually going off and, like, getting his feelings out, Kenny just kind of, like, slumped into his chair and was like, you go, I'm not gonna interrupt. Yeah. This was such a good segment.
1: This is, this is the best story on the show leading into the pay-per-view, uh, and what I seen will be, hopefully, an absolutely tremendous pay-per-view match. And they built to it so well. I kind of don't want them to lose the belts. <laughs> yeah, but then you're convinced it's gonna be a revival in Young Bucks.
2: <sighs> yeah, but, like, what if it isn't? <laughs> But then I'm also kind of convinced that it's going to be Page and Omega, so. So you kind of have to do the title change to yeah. put all that emotion. Also, probably not be the best thing for the Bucks to not get the belts again. Again, yes. So, oh well, we'll see you at Revolution. It'll be a great match, though. Yeah, we'll do a full Revolution preview at the very end
1: of the show. Lance Archer debuts next week before our our main event weigh-in between John Moxley and Chris Jericho in which I, I thought the, they did the stalling bit too long. It's like, all right, get to the... the I know you have 12 minutes left on the show or whatever, but do get to it eventually. And they did get to it, and then they did the headbutt. Jericho started bleeding, and they had a big wild brawl, that, which is now the AEW Classic, where it's like, all the a bunch of the pay-per-view matches, go out, have a brawl. Everyone fights before Jericho kids, got... Get the pop. <laughs> yep, and they fight into the crowd, and then do it again with Darby and, and Sammy, and then break a skateboard over... The Darby's head. And the uh, goddamn dip and dots. And the goddamn dip and dots. If JR had the same passion
2: for this television show as he had for the dip and dots, everything would be fine. I wonder if he's got a side deal with the dip and dots. Like he obviously has a side deal to pimp his website because he tried to do it like three times on this show. Oh Jim, getting his shit in. Jericho hit the the pendulum paradigm
1: shift. I do I always think it's called Pendulum Shift? Maybe because that's a better name. Because it's a pendulum that he drops on his head. Anyway, Jericho hit the paradigm shift onto the scale after they weighed
2: in. Well, Jericho never weighed in.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we will never know how much
2: Jericho weighs. I really was hoping he was going to weigh in with the belt on his shoulder. (laughs) So so it would be like 340 (laughs) pounds. Yeah, I was like, that'd be a great bit. And yeah, Inner Uh, Circle stands Tog, heading into the pay-per-view.
1: And uh, all of them except LAX have pay-per-view matches this time, so...
2: Oh, well, they got one last time. You can't have a pay-per-view match every t- three months. That
1: would be too much to ask. Yeah. Before we go to NXT, we, are, we have a second sponsor for this week's show. Two sponsors, as we've said, big-time podcast.
2: Garrett, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say?
1: Well, I could probably go see my doctor this afternoon, so hopefully not more than one.
2: I could also see mine this afternoon. But the Americans? The Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major US cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if a doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor any time you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping.
1: That brings us to WBNXC, Liam I hated this show. (laughs) It was real boring, huh? I just like, there's. This show sucks. It just sucks. There's nothing happening. There's no purpose, there's no direction, there's no urgency, there's no energy, nobody is over, none of the stories are connecting, and the wrestling is all just there, and some of it's good, some of it's better than others, but most of it's just fine. And this is a wrestling show that just... ah, oh, it sucks, Liam. This wrestling
2: show is a soulless, empty pit of misery. I was watching Grimes versus Dajakovic and I just was like... These shows aren't even in the same league as each other. Like Cameron Grimes, who cares? Who cares about the Hatman after his feud with
1: Kushida and now he's beaten Dominic Dijakovic and he's not going to go anywhere.
2: We all know that. We've watched this television show for yeah, four months now. Yeah, next week he's going to lose to like Bronson Reed or something and it's not going to amount to anything.
1: And that's the same thing on everything on this show. Everything is to last a week. Austin Theory gets a one-week feud with Tommaso Ciampa. Xia Li is just a prop in the feud with Dakota Kai. The Forgotten Sons are faces. We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> Bianca Belair is just a stepping stool for Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. All of these people don't exist for any reason by themselves. They're just there to lose to people or do nothing on this boring-ass show where nothing happens.
0: off again that's arena club.com slash v-o-w net arena club.com slash v-o-w net for 10% off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voice of wrestling podcast network well thank god
2: they're there because what else would they be doing right now there, There's no possible, like, they're, 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 when you look
1: at AEW's roster, Bronson Reed, Ka- Cameron Grimes, Donovan Dijakovic
2: aren't any better or worse than Darby Allin or Sammy Guevara. Maybe even they're all a little better. But they're not being presented in the same way. They're not being presented as future stars, they're being presented as guys who are there to lose. They're, they're being not... presented as jobber to the stars. And, like, Darby has mostly been used as a jobber to the
1: stars. But he actually still feels like he still has his aura. <laughs> he's lost the pack. He's lost the job Moxley. He's lost the Chris Jericho. But he still feels more important. He feels like those of elevated. He feels meaningful on the television program. As opposed to these people like Xia Lee. Who cares? Remember when she kicked somebody in the face and busted them open? I don't even remember who she kicked in the face. But that went nowhere. Um, that was Aaliyah who hasn't been on the show since. It's like all of these people. Kushida's
2: disappeared again and DJZ does nothing and all these people... Well, the problem is is that they've signed 300 people just to have people and they don't have enough show time for it. And even if they did, they wouldn't be able to get everyone over because they don't try to get anyone over because they focus on five people on the show. Even the five people on the show don't even get over. It's like Johnny Gargano attacked Tomasa Champa until to basically no reaction. Tommaso Champa has lost all of his aura. He doesn't feel like a star anymore. No. Nobody that's the thing. Nobody. Nobody on the show feels not even Adam Cole feels like a star
1: in the show anymore. So this is a show. <sighs> Uh, Like, this is the week in which I've, like, just lost patience with NXT. I'm like, what are you doing? This show is, it's not even remotely near the show it used to be. At least it used to be, like, boring but logical stories where people got elevated and built up and built the great takeover payoffs. Now it's just, like, it's soulless and empty and meandering, and it's just two
2: hours for the sake
1: of filling two hours.
2: Yeah. Who? Who cares? The problem is, who cares? How could you care about any of these people? You can't. You don't like. There's no reason to. There's no. There's no real stories. All the stories are.
1: I attacked you. We're gonna wrestle next week, and then we may might wrestle the week after that. That's the extent of the stories. There's no like name the best promo on NXT
2: since the show debuted on the USA. I was gonna say the only thing that was like made me one I wanted to invest in on this show was Bianca, and then she loses because she's <laughs> yeah. like a footnote in a feud for two other people.
1: The only person on this show, the only person that has some amount of positive momentum, is Bianca Belair, and
2: yeah, she's she's secondary to to the main event title feud. <sighs> uh yeah, <laughs> Hatman won after distraction from Pervert Goth. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: and this like the match was fine. They had a perfectly decent little match, but who cares? And who cares about Damian Priest against Dijakovic? And who cares about Damien Priest against uh, Keith? Are they gonna do a three-way feud? God forbid. If
2: they uh, do it No, uh, they're gonna chuck Killian Dane in there and it's gonna be a four-way. Oh, why does every why does anything exist? Uh, Killian Dane's
1: another one of these people on this show who's constantly doing something, but never doing something meaningful.
2: And and I'm the like, problem is he also stinks and I don't want to see him on my TV.
1: Remember, remember,
2: I don't even remember his old name. <laughs> Big, Big Damo. Remember
1: Big Damo? Remember Devo? Big
2: Damo versus Shinsuke Nakamura?
1: I was at that show, Liam. That, that match ruled. ruled. Yeah.
2: <laughs> God damn NXT. Hey, you know, furthermore, remember Shinsuke Nakamura. But
1: <laughs> that's a different show altogether.
2: Yep, so Finn Balor.
1: Finn Balor, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, no, there's something else I want to give out about first. William Regal announces that at NXT TakeOver Tampa, there'll be a number one contenders ladder match for the... It's a women's number one contenders match. And I'm like, why? They always do this. It's like, why is it a ladder match? Why are you just doing a ladder match for the sake of doing a ladder match? It's like, oh, that's what WWE does. We would throw the ladder match on WrestleMania. We'll throw the ladder yeah, match on the, a TakeOver. it's the
2: spiritual successor to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Then that became the IC title ladder match for a couple of years. And now it's the... NXT women's number one contendership ladder match, obviously.
1: It's just they have to do a ladder match for the sake of doing a ladder match. God forbid make the ladder match meaningful or make it like a part of a story or a payoff to something. They're just going to do a ladder match.
2: Yeah. What was like the last ladder match in WWE that was a ladder match not because of we need to do a ladder match on this show and it was just, oh, it made sense? <sighs> Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho
1: yeah but... that's the last one that i can think of there was the nash uh, no that was a tlc no the survivor series when was the nash sledgehammer on a pole ladder match
2: <laughs> i think was that like an extreme rules maybe
1: so that might that might have been technically one but th- does that really count
2: it's a, it's also a get the <laughs> the sledgehammer on a fucking thing like who cares
1: yes, it's also a, a triple h against kevin nash ladder match so that's I, not I'm exactly gonna, what i'm gonna
2: give it to sean and jericho <laughs>
1: Which was, what, 2009? 2008? Yeah. When, was that, when was that match?
2: I think it might have been early nine <sighs> For the love of no mercy, so it would have been... Over a decade
1: ago. Because, <laughs> yeah, all of these ladder matches have just become, at TLC, we'll do a ladder match, or at Money in the Bank, we'll do a ladder match. It's never, we'll do a ladder match, because we feel like it makes sense to do a ladder match.
2: What You mean NXT, war games, let's do the war games, definitely <laughs> Hell in a Cell, let's do the Hell in a Cell. That's so stupid. It's just, um, it's,
1: why is it Why care about anything? It's just happening because the branding dictates it happens, not the story. And, like, you wouldn't mind... If they built the stories to these, these, these gimmick pay-per-views, like they'd know they have Hell in a Cell coming up. They'd know they have like Money in the Bank or TLC coming up. And they never build stories that make sense to do Hell in a Cell or TLC. It's just like, whatever the main event stories happened to be during that period, happened to then become Hell in a Cell and TLC matches. Or in this case, Pointless number 1 Contenders ladder matches.
2: Gotta live by the brand, gotta die by the brand.
1: Finn Balor comes out. Big heel Finn Balor is attacked <sighs> by Big heel Stable. Why? Like I get, I get what they're doing. This is probably going to be the NXT Takeover Dublin main event where Finn Balor will be a big baby face. But Finn Balor is the top heel, well maybe second heel after freaking Adam Cole, second top, the second heel on the show,
2: and he's just feuding with the Big heel Stable from NXT UK. And I'm like, why? Well, I think this is his face turn because I think it's going to be Cole and Balor at take over whatever Tampa
1: he's gonna have the Cole match to take over Tampa and then two weeks later he's gonna have the Walter match to take over Dublin
2: yeah do it cowards sure I hate Bella's promos they're so cringy all the promos on the show are bad but like his ones are extra cringy because so they're like covered in a layer of smark, mm. and it's just it's gross
1: it's again. He's not there to actually say anything. He's like, I conquered Mexico. I conquered the NXT title and the IC title. I'm like, Horse. he's not a moves guy.
2: He's not a stooge. I hate everything.
1: <laughs> I hate this show. Like, I hated this episode of NXT. Like, with it's just. I hated it. <laughs> Why? You know, it was
2: Why? Of, like, the the best part about this segment was Imperium coming out, and then, like, it wasn't even as good as it could have been because Walter wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah. I liked uh, Marcel Bathel's, like, running counter deal.
1: Yeah, that ruled. When he cut him off and they sick. finally got the better of him.
2: Hopefully they do, like, a Marcel versus Balor match or something. That'd be sick. Would it, though? I mean, yeah, because NXT can have a good three and three-quarter star match in the middle of a car, but that's about it. Can they, though? They've done it a couple times.
1: I've lost all faith after watching this episode of television, which is, like, the most boring, dry, pointless two hours of television I've watched in a long while.
2: This is, like, the next part is, like, my least favourite bit of the entire show, too. Yeah. Because it was so nothing and boring and nothing.
1: Mia Yim wrestles won after a distraction from Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai is a steel cage match against Tegan Knox next week. Why is she already moving on to a new program with Mia Yim? Well, it's an old program. Could they not have waited a week until they finally blew off the Dakota Kai and Tegan Nox thing for good? I, until they moved on to... to, to, to like, like, Why
2: are you already moving on when you still have the blow-off next week? I also don't like that Dakota Kai is just transitioning into generic Mean Girl. Yeah. Like that, she was so much better when she was like actual scorn woman who had a reason for her being mad, and now she's just I'm mean for the sake of being mean.
1: I also hate heaters. That that's a role on a television, show, a wrestling television show. I never ever like
2: unless it's Mel.
1: Well, Rock Mel Gonzales. There's no Mel. That's true.
2: Bring back Mel. Actually, no. Isn't Mel's now the heater for fucking
1: Luther? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Big dark feud between Luther and Jimmy
2: Havoc i i want them to like finish that in a death match but like a real death match <laughs> He's just full on ex- dark <laughs> exploding barbed wire and glass yes <laughs> and mel comes in and she like it should be mel versus jimmy havoc instead that's true and mel should go over like, this was
1: another example of jaylee beat me a yim but, but jaylee's like a total prop at this that like no one cares about jaylee she's not even and- a
2: heel why is she getting this win like this and she's going nowhere and she just
1: beats me a yam after a distraction after the, which was basically the same finish as the first match on this show so we had two like interference distraction finishes in a row <sighs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: after the match Raquel beats them both up but two oh god Velveteen Dream is next
2: <laughs> he had a nice
1: hat Velveteen Dream wants Roderick Strong in a cage match next week. Apparently, they're putting every match in a steel cage, a very novel concept.
2: I'm down for that to be my luck of the week. How
1: dare you? You like
2: that? No, you, like you like that? That's good.
1: Austin Theory uh, was defeated by Tommaso Ciampa in a perfectly good little match. You
2: know what's funny after this match? that it's like, wow, Austin Theory, he went great. Wow, what a future star. I was like, what are you talking about? He just got beaten
1: by Ciampa. It, it wasn't per- the
2: story at all. Ciampa just ate him up. That's... <laughs>
1: That's that's my problem with a lot of NXT. And I'm going to get into this a lot more. Nothing in, feels genuine? <laughs> yeah, in the Forgotten Sons match, I'll talk about this a lot more. But, like, they they don't do the work. They just, like, this is what the worries are supposed to think. Not what the story we've told or not what the, the, the actual content, you, you not the message you should get out of the actual content. This is just, we're going to go straight to the end. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about the steps along the way. Oh, Austin Theory! What an effort against Tomasa Champa! No, he was run through and beaten in 12 minutes or whatever, and a perfectly fine, but not even remotely near star-making man. And like the reason Darby got over losing to Pack, John Moxley, and Chris Jericho is all three of those matches were trem- tremendous, and Darby looked tremendous in all three of those matches. Austin Theory just went out here and lost it to Tomasa Champa, and it was fine. And like it was the focus of that segment wasn't even Austin Theory losing to Tomasa Champa. There was a post-match what gargano that that's the takeaway not austin theory who
2: cares it's a stupid feud and i can't believe it's been going for like three years now there was no heat eventually they got there where people started like actually no
1: it didn't even get there where people started doing johnny wrestling johnny sucks chance so he didn't even get heat he got dueling chance by the end but when he started attacking him there was
2: nothing these people did not care Can you blame them for not caring though? Like, this is not an interesting thing. Like, because we haven't even got explanations for why these things are happening. We just got random run-in. And Johnny's just
1: like, why is he a heel? Who cares? He's a likable man. He's one of those people who's a
2: pure babyface. I thought it was funny when like uh, Mara was hoping like oh yeah Gargano is going to be on Corey Graves podcast this week uh, and he's going to talk about how much he loves getting to work under his idol Shawn Michaels (laughs) and I was like alright for this brand new heel I want to go hear about his achieving his childhood dreams I did like that they threw in
1: maybe he'll explain why he attacked Champa
2: it's like how about he explains that on this show
1: go listen to Corey Graves podcast to fill in the gaps of NXT storytelling Undisputed era they're not going away, they want titles. That's about the extent they're of the promo.
2: They're old men. <laughs> they, they are very old men. Ever since we've mentioned it, I can't not see it like they're just aging frat bros <laughs> being dudes. Who are still hanging around the frat house like ten years Who after are they still graduated. Literally literally hanging around campus.
1: Yeah. Long, 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 long after they actually have or should have graduated. But regardless, Garrett,
2: every time I hear NXT's resident thick boy, <laughs> I die a little on the inside. An angel loses its wings. An angel Gaza loses its pants.
1: <laughs> every time you see they hear the word, oh, even thick worse, boy.
2: an angel Gaza adds another layer of pants.
1: Oh. Killian Dane defeated Bronson Reed and I don't know who cares like who cares I don't
2: even want to talk about this who like, cares about this at all it's
1: Bronson Reed loses to everybody Killian Dane will probably just be set up to lose to Dijakovic in a week who or, cares or priest oh, or God, Keith for Lee on like a random
2: that. one week NXT North American title match to build up to whatever is happening who cares so let's get show. into the real the
1: real story of this show alright Forgotten Sons Liam can you tell me when they turned babyface
2: um, when they said they love America
1: that's this is the dumbest shit the Forgotten Sons had a little a little inset promo before this match where like
2: we're uh, we're it's just the same this- one as last week <laughs> was it the same one as last week yeah it's, it's just the last, same one as last week they replayed the same thing from last week but they didn't put that on the show last week did they yeah they did did they? This was on the show last week. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember that last week. They. I, I made a joke about how they got mad about stolen valor.
1: All right. <laughs> I remember I guess... talking about it. But I don't remember this promo.
2: No. Yeah. The promo. This promo was on the show last week. But like the, that they're... was them turning heel, um, turning face last That's week. But like... Like, they like insulted the vets. You
1: can do like an honestly good story with like the 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 grizzled young veterans coming in disrespecting America, trying to 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 uh, to overtake teams like the Forgotten mm. Sons without having earned it But they didn't do that. They had them do one promo in which they're babyfaces now. Then they did a match in which the crowd did not treat them as babyfaces because they had nothing to tell them that these people are babyfaces. They've been the pointless heel team for their entire NXT run. Lower card heel team that loses all the times. So when they turn babyface, without you ever showing to that crowd that they've turned babyface, why? Why should anybody care about the Forgotten Sons? Because America, baby. And it was a two-segment match for a few that didn't deserve one. And the Grizzled Young Veterans were worse off from this. Forgotten Sons were worse off from this. Like, you could tell
2: a good story about the Like, do that. there. Just tell the story. God, I hate this show. I feel like this story, to work well, needs some sort of slice of n- a nuance or anything. And the whole time we have... Nigel going well it's actually okay that they made fun of them and it's like and then you have um, Beth screaming about how that's not fair at all and it's like can we not like approach this subject with any sort of like subtlety like it has to be completely rammed into our faces that's not the way of the show Liam the show is loud it's consistent
1: it just bashes you over the head without letting you breathe without letting you breathe as I hiccup as I say without letting you breathe (laughs) <laughs> and, Without and, letting me breed. Uh, you can't do that either. And it's just... It's relentless. It just beats you over the head with its endless loudness. I i hated this episode of NXT. Uh, by the end of it, this episode of NXT, I was like... This show is worse than AEW was at AEW's low point. It. They I, will, I will s-
2: take a thousand Dark Order beating up the Elite segments.
1: <laughs> at least that has a purpose uh like i this i'm just like come on guys you have all the talent in the world sit down think about how you're formatting this show because it's the uh, people are like NXT's not going to look more like WWE while it's on USA that's not going to happen at all and it, it, this is a main roster show <laughs> It is, it's a main roster show with all the trappings and like pointlessness of a main, it's probably almost worse than the main roster, like there's, there's no angles on this show, there's no juice to it, there's nothing, absolutely nothing to sink our teeth into, like we could talk for 15 minutes about Kenny Omega and Tang Man Page against the Young Bucks, we don't, because we don't want the entire show to be like that, because <laughs> we do try yeah. to keep these, th- relatively speaking, an hour, as this will probably go about an hour or ten, including the Revolution preview, because like we're, there, there's like a thousand of these podcasts,
2: and you probably you probably don't want to spend your I'm, entire week listening to yeah. us talk about two wrestling shows, but I just, just I just want to say like I feel I feel like we would have a better discussion and a more interesting discussion if we were talking about Raw at this point. Yeah, because at least Raw has long term storylines. I've actually started watching Raw a couple weeks now, I and I'm like this is better than NXT most weeks.
1: And it's just nothing happens on this show. Like, what's the big takeaway from this episode of NXT, Liam? What's your big, what's your big thing that you think? Oh, I'll remember that um, from the the February twenty sixth, two thousand twenty <laughs> episode of that. Um, NXT. Rhea
2: Ripley takes a long time to get to the ring. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, for the love of God, I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend that. I'm gonna defend it. I'm we'll gonna get,
1: tell you why your defense is wrong. That's uh, <laughs> right. Tegan Knox cut the promo apparently she'll, she's still mad about Dakota Kai yeah next week we have two steel cage matches Tegan Knox against Dakota Kai and Roderick Strong against the Velveteen Dream I hope they go an hour each then it will be locked down all oh, matches inside the six sides of steel with the two the four sides, of, sides of, steel. of fury that, that works Damien Priest he said it wasn't personal he basically just wants a United States title shot no what's North American there we go title shot
2: uh. Charlotte versus Bianca, but I was watching this match, and I was like, Bianca's really athletic, isn't she?
1: Yeah, this was a real nothing match though,
2: wasn't it it was it was pretty boring, and- like but I did appreciate like I was looking at it and I was like bianca Bianca just blew me away in this match, not because of anything she really did, just the way she moves, like she's just so athletic.
1: It's almost like they should actually be pushing her instead of, you know, having her be a prop in a feud between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte.
2: Yeah, like, I would be totally fine with her just, like, going to the token ladder match and winning it. I mean, like, yep, I am now number one contender and then we can run it back and actually have her win.
1: Sure. So Charlotte beats Rhea and then Bianca beats Charlotte after WrestleMania?
2: Yeah. Why did Charlotte become, like, technical Wizard... Busting out ten thousand different submission holds per match. Wasn't that always kind of like obviously her finish is the figure eight, but she was always kind of like that. But she's been she's busting out like dragon sleepers and like uh, Boston crabs. I was like, I I haven't seen a Charlotte match in two years. She's gone down to the the work rate show, Liam. She has to show her work rate. Apparently, I, I was while I was watching this, I was like, when was the last full Charlotte match I watched? And I worked it out. I think it was her and Oscar at WrestleMania. Which was a good match. Hmm. So then we have the
1: post-match. <laughs> from... <laughs> Alright, I'm going, I'm going to preempt your defense of it. I think your defense of it is going to be Rhea doesn't like Bianca, so that's the reason she didn't make a quick save.
2: You've taken my defense.
1: And I'm going to tell you why your defense is
2: wrong. <laughs> why is she
1: even coming out there in the first place, then? But
2: she's going out there to get into Charlotte's face. She, she's not going out there for, Rhea, um, for Bianca. She's going out there to get into Charlotte's face. So why do you run the angle where Charlotte attacks Bianca? Charlotte's a dick
1: that's <laughs> just one of those just have one of them come. that was out unnecessary
2: or... yeah, Charlotte could have just been in the in the ring like like goading around and being like I am here and this is my show and then Rhea could have shown up but I'm just oh uh, yeah the Bianca the, the thing was unnecessary and just made her look weak
1: <laughs> yeah it's just we'll beat her up we pinned her and now we have to beat her up afterwards just to make sure th- you know she's not the star of this feud
2: yeah but yeah, my thing is, I didn't. I don't think it was a save by Rhea. If it was a save, that was very stupid. But I think it was actually just Rhea coming out to get in Charlotte's face. Charlotte backing off. If
1: people haven't watched the nxt. It was apparently absurd. Like, for for Charlotte was had had the she was pillmanizing the ankle of. Bianca Belair she was stomping up with a chair and then locked her in the figure eight and, and Rhea Ripley's music hits and like it, the crowd even were a little confused because they, they were expecting her to make the save and she stopped on the top of the ramp and I like did a I, 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 again I, 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 I'd I agree with you if if there was some amount of nuance to it if she stopped at the top of the ramp and they actually made it clear that she just she just wasn't saving Bianca you know if that's the actually the thing they did instead of her doing her entrance which is just stupid
2: it's her brutality.
1: I will say one thing I did like though, and it was very rare in W Land, somebody else's music hit, and Charlotte did not get distracted. She still just beat the shit no, out of the like, go- like-
2: <laughs> She's like shit, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck her up. Don't worry about this.
1: And if anything, she hurried up. She did the thing you would actually do if so you thought somebody was going to come and stop you, that you actually started doing it faster instead it- it of just not so at all.
2: That she wasn't actually gonna go and stop it.
1: Yeah. Uh, which I do appreciate because that the the worst the worst offender of that was the Money in the Bank match last year where Ali was standing on top of the ladder, staring at the briefcase at Brock's music kit, and in like the 15 seconds it took Brock to do his entrance, Ali could have grabbed the case at any time, but he was and just ran in, away. <laughs> yes, he was just in stunned shock uh, and could not possibly move. He was paralyzed with fear that he could. it's to be stupid. Fair, if Brock was coming at you, you'd probably be paralyzed with fear. <laughs> I, again i do what charlotte did here i'd work faster not slower i was like oh she no, i'd be
2: sitting there going whoa oh
1: but yeah so charlotte at least didn't do that which i appreciate she's a real pro charlotte and rhea ripley is your wrestlemania match that's yep. about it that's nxt i hate the show <laughs> i really hate
2: it well which match did you prefer this week Gary?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Ooh. The Grizzled Young Veterans again.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. It's a good choice. It's Park and Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's Park and Kenny Omega. Which show did you prefer, Leo? I will think of a new joke for this every week. Um Madoka Magica.
1: <laughs> sure. That's just the Pop John.
2: Yeah. Um... It's, okay. it's aew what do you want from us hey right? what do you
1: want have the a pole, better show 87% aew 13% nxt
2: uh, you know what i hope i hope aew when it has the second show they start doing it on wednesday and then we can just start comparing aew show one versus aew show b why would they do it on wednesday <laughs> they, they make it four hours <laughs> they're their own competition they,
1: they sell that show to USA to replace NXT. Yeah. That brings us to AW Revolution this Saturday live on pay per view. I'm Deep excited. Day. It's. I agree with the general sentiment that this is this is one of the best built pay per views in a very 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 long time.
2: Well, every match has a story.
1: And some some element of meaning and potential reveals. So we open with. Frankie Azarian and Scorpio Sky against the Dark Order. One would assume we'll get the Exalted one reveal here. Delete. Which you were very upset when we didn't get it on the show.
2: I wasn't very upset.
1: I guess. Uh, no, the tease upset you more, just in case it's not Matt Hardy.
2: Yeah, well, because they're doing... Each week is, like, another Matt Hardy tease. Because on Twitter they had a Matt Hardy tease, and now they're doing the obsolete thing. Like, I'll just be upset if they tease one thing so long, and then they don't deliver. It's just going to be Raven raven is known to make things obsolete uh pack will face orange cassidy and a good burn very, shut up
1: very very excited for
2: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great and i am i hope it's gonna be a very classic orange cassidy match you know yeah. does he stick gets beat up has his brief comeback and then gets brutalized but it's his first singles
1: match in AEW, so i think it will get over tremendously well the question will be how they evolve his singles matches from this point. Nyla Rose defends the AW Women's Championship against Chris
2: Stalander. I want Chris to win, but she probably won't, and again, she probably shouldn't. I know, but I want her to. That's alright. <laughs> I, I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, but I want her to. But
1: I like even no, I I don't want her to win though. She's she shouldn't win the belt this early. Wow. I'm, I'm both on the side of Nyla Rose shouldn't lo- Nyla Rose shouldn't lose the belt this quickly, and Chris Statlander shouldn't win the belt this early.
2: Where's Riho? Where does she get her automatic rematch?
1: Yeah, probably on television at some stage. Cool. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara in a match I'm super excited for because like this is, uh, this is uh,
2: the future of AEW. This could
1: be a pay-per-view main event someday.
2: Yeah, well, I think this will be one of those matches that we look back on and go, "Damn, ah, that was their first match." This is the beginning of the the second era of AEW. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I really like. I think Sammy's been so good. Like, if Sammy was someone that I was like eh, on at the start of AEW. I think he's had the biggest turnaround for me personally. I've always been a big Sammy guy, so I'm very happy to see him doing real well. This will probably <laughs> this will probably mad to be a match for like whatever their mid card belt is eventually. Yes, their television title. Mm. When are they going to do that? <laughs>
1: Cody's teased it and then said but it won't be for a while so Hmm.
2: we shall see maybe we'll see it by double or nothing who knows
1: Jake Hager makes his AEW debut to take on Dustin Rhodes in a match that they've been building since October
2: fuck yeah Yeah. then we can get because you know what this means we're one step closer to Jake Hager versus Darby Allin
1: and one step closer to Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Jericho
2: yeah that could be that could be a filler like B pay-per-view match couldn't it I never even (laughs) considered that but yeah
1: if Jerry, especially if Jericho drops the title of John Moxley, but we got that. a second. Adam Page and Kenny Omega.
2: Wait, should we be should we be doing predictions for these?
1: Uh uh Dark Order, Pac, Nyla Rose, Sad. Ooh, that's a tough one. Who's gonna win that one? I think da- I
2: think you'd go Darby and then yeah. Jake. Jake, there you go. Do you disagree and with any of my order predictions? Nope. They're all the same. Imagine if SCU <laughs> beat the Dark Order. That would
1: be very strange. <laughs> <laughs> AEW World Tag Team Titles, Kenny Megan, Hangman Page, Defend Against the Young Bucks in what should be a tremendous match should be, I hope has a ton of heat because it's one of the we'll best. It'll probably be matches the match the of show. the show. Yeah, uh, it's uh easily. Because the, uh, in fairness, if the show does is missing something, it's like really standout work rate matches. But I think it I should think, make
2: up with that with really good story matches. I think you gonna the tag match, yeah, Alan Guevara and Jet Pak uh Cassidy will be those matches. The, but those are like those have ceilings. Yeah, like, yeah, but I think Omega Puck Bucks, like, doesn't.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the, the only match on the show I'm like, oh, that could be, like, legitimately one of the best matches of the year. And I, I don't think yeah. anything else on the show has that potential. Mm. At least on paper.
2: But, hey, you've been wrong before.
1: I'm wrong plenty. <laughs> and I'm but never wrong. Bucks win? Yeah. Say so, yeah. MJF faces Cody in a match. MJF kind of has to win, I think.
2: I think you have Cody win. Really? Yeah, I I I just see. I don't see throwing away this like ace that you mm. have. Like the crowd is so into Cody and I think they were always like MJF is just going to be a dick for the sake of being a dick. I don't think he needs to be the top dick right now. I, I think MJF should win for two reasons. I think
1: MJF needs the win. I think the win will do a lot for him. And also, I don't think this is a blow-off. So if it's not, MJF winning makes more sense than to do some okay. stip match on TV down the line. You think they drag this out to double or nothing? I wouldn't go that far. I'd do a, a mid-pay-per-view cycle TV main between them with a stip.
2: What's the stip,
1: huh? I don't know. Just some street fight first... Not first blood. First blood matches suck. I quit. All Maybe right. some I quit.
2: Well, actually, it might be first blood because Cody's whole thing is that he wants to give MJF a scar. So. Yeah. But all
1: first blood matches are bad, so don't do that. Speaking of blood. John Moxley will challenge for the AEW World Championship against Chris Jericho. In... This is the hard one, though, isn't it? This is very... Because, th- like, you can make very good cases for Jericho retaining. You can make very good cases for John Moxley winning. I would I think... personally favor John Moxley winning.
2: Yeah, I think it really depends, like, what you think the next pay-per-view match is going to be. Yeah. Because like, I really don't know who they're going to put against either Jericho or Mox. Or unless they drag it out into Double or Nothing.
1: Unless they do a rematch, yeah. Because I think Hangman Page against Kenny Omega is the mm-hmm. Double or Nothing match. To which I think yeah. they might do Pac against... Unless they're, they're going to blow that off and do Kenny and Jericho Double or Nothing. Because Kenny did beat Pac.
2: Yeah. I think the only, if Jericho wins... Like Jericho is only winning if he's dropping it to Kenny. Is what yeah. I feel. And Mox, if Mox is winning, then Kenny's not getting the title match, and he'll probably face Hangman, or Park, Mox and Park. Mox and Park could work. Um, remember, like, Brody Lee will probably come in at some point. Yeah, Lance Archer. Yeah, Bro- <laughs> yeah, you got Brody Lee, Park. You got Archer, Darby. Something. You got stuff. Oh, Archer, Darby in like some sort of plunder match. It would kill him. Darby would die. <laughs> yes, he would um yeah this this is what's really interesting about Dynamite I really don't have a clue as what their next title is gonna be yeah so uh, make your official prediction Mox or Jericho I'm going I'll Mox go i
1: Jericho ooh I did it for the the discourse and that is our show you can follow me on twitter at Gar-K-N-G-A, or g-a-r-e-t-k-i-d-n-a-b-y you can follow liam at larrikin l-a-r-r-i-k-n you can follow the pun
2: pod- <laughs> sorry I was gonna pimp your youtube because <laughs> you did a great DMC3 review
1: oh you're, yes I'm, I'm reviewing Devil May Cry games purely for Liam and also other people that watch them you're allowed to watch it just search search Garrett Kidney search my name into YouTube you'll find it
2: a lot of good content
1: yes I'm uh, I'm, I'm probably reviewing Oddmar today or tomorrow What a, that's a great game Ooh, I
2: don't Maybe. know what it is
1: neither did I I bought it on a whim and I'm like this game rules nice you can follow the podcast on Twitter at WarGamesPod where you can vote in the poll like people did this week and 87%, was it 87? I think it was 87%, I said it earlier. Regardless, 80, uh, preferred. Yeah, 87% preferred all the wrestling this week. So you can vote in that poll if you follow us on Twitter. And if you would like more Elite coverage in your podcast feeds, you can listen to everything Elite. If you would like more television show and WWE coverage in your uh, podcasting feeds, you can listen to Shake Them Robes. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.
2: Go meet us in our Discord. We make Mel puns. Bye. I love
1: Mel.